Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Backing down a lefty hook, breaks it in! With your host, Elias Anderson, stuffed it down behind his head. Seku Smith, the tipping is good at the buzzer. Now it's time for the tip. As promised, the second half of the Hang Time Podcast coming to you today. Lang Whitaker, executive editor of Slam Magazine, is joining us. Lang, glad to see you didn't run off during the break. <laughs> I had to t- set the phone down for a minute though because my ear is getting sore. Well, listen, we uh, as as we uh, promised after our conversation with Nathaniel Friedman, aka Bethlehem Shoals, we we're going to have another special guest, and our, our next guest is going to be somebody that's really familiar to basketball fans, not only here in the United States and uh, NBA fans, but around the world. Vladi Diva, uh, who starred. As a, as a youngster for the Yugoslavia national team before a civil war tore that pun- country apart and uh, started alongside Drazen Petrovic. He's he's the star of a, a documentary and produced by NBA Entertainment uh, that's a part of the ESPN 30 for 30 series called Once Brothers. And Lang, I'm telling you, I watched this thing and I was like blown away at – one aspect of this entire story that that we kind of take for granted in this country, um, and that's these guys lived through a civil war. And, and mind you, they're playing uh, you know oceans away from their homeland uh, in the NBA at the time. But uh, a civil war is going on in their home country, and we never can associate the reality of having to live with something like that because we we don't see wars on our home soil in this country. Right. You know, I mean, it, and I'm and I'm watching the way the people in the story are talking about this 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 conflict going on back home, and it affected Vladi Divac, you know, Drazen Petrovic, you know, Roger, Tony Kukoc, and all these other guys. Who, these names you would recognize of guys who played, who at one time played on the Yugoslavian national team. Um, and and the story is really about Vladi's relationship with Petrovic. You know how they come to to know each other on the national team, and then as pros, and then as as the first two guys to kind of make that leap from you know Europe to the NBA. Yeah, and it's just, I mean it's just staggering to me this idea that they could live through this. And unfortunately, you know Drazen Petrovic died at a young age in a car accident in Germany, um, and and was ne- you know I think he was 28 years old, never really had a chance to play out his career you know, in the NBA, a, a career that a lot of people said was destined. And I think a lot of people agree was destined for, you know, for superstardom potentially. Yeah. But uh, I, it's, it's it's not bothering me, but it's just been on my mind. That, you know, you hear about guys talking about coming from hard scrabble upbringings and, you know, you come from a rough neighborhood or the Protestant city. But to come from a war-torn country to me is just – it's hard to imagine. Yeah. 
And, you know, to add a layer to that, you know, it, the war kind of happened while Vlade was here in the NBA, you know, and, and so it's got to be just tearing at your heart the entire time, thinking about what's going on back home. Um, and not just for him, but for that whole, there was what, seven, eight, nine guys from that team in Yugoslavia that yeah. made it to the NBA. Yeah. There was, I mean, there was a, they were basically like the generation of guys who, who kicked the door down for today's international player. Really. Yeah. Um, you know, without the success that Vladi and Kukoc and, and Petrovic had, even in his short time in the NBA, there maybe isn't a, an avenue for some of these other guys who have since come to the league and, and really exploded onto the scene. You know, and again, you got you got to watch it. Um, it's it's Once Brothers is is the movie. Um, it's a documentary, a part of the ESPN Thirty for Thirty series, produced by NBA Entertainment, and uh, it's it's must see. You know, viewing for basketball fans and for people who appreciate just a great story. And and instead of us yapping about it, let's let's see if we can get Vladi Divac on the line and have him kind of tell us some more about it. Vladi, first of all, thanks for joining us. And uh, what led you to want to tell this story now? Well, after all those years, uh, uh, guys from uh, NBA Entertainment. Uh, uh, came to me and uh, they said, you know, they knew they knew the story uh, between me and Drajan and uh, they came up with the idea to put uh, on a movie and uh, I said, why not? I think it's, it's great to remind people how Drajan was a good player and uh, what kind of relationship uh, we had during our NBA career. In some way, you know, we, we, we opened the door for other Europeans to, to join the NBA. So I think it's a it's, it's good message for the, the kids. Vladi, um, that's why, you know, we did this project together. Vladi, when you were growing up, I mean, in the early 70s in, in, in Yugoslavia, did you watch the NBA? Like, what, where, where did you learn about basketball or, or um, learn the game? Well, unfortunately, we didn't have the opportunity to watch live games. Uh, we started watching uh, some games during the year, the late 80s. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, usually all-star games or, or, or NBA finals. Uh-huh. And um, that was the first time that we had the opportunity to watch. Vladi, the Yugoslavian team, there was a, uh, a point in the in the movie where you talked about kind of the, the lost opportunities for, the, for a, a full Yugoslavian team in the 92 Olympics and then again in 96 where you guys didn't have a chance to compete once the NBA players started playing. In hindsight, do you, how do you think that team would have fared with the dream teams that started playing in, in 92? Well, it, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I know for a fact that, you know, we, we would do much better than anybody else against the dream team um, in 92. Obviously, uh, from our team, I think seven of, or, or, or eight players later on joined the NBA, and uh, we had some great talented guys that, you know, uh, made great careers. Um, Talking about Raja and myself, Tony Kukoc, Dino Raja, uh, a couple other guys played in the NBA. I mean, we, we had a, you know, very good team. They used to call us, you know, dream team of Europe. So, <laughs> uh, fortunately, unfortunately, you know, what happened back home uh, with the Civil War and everything, we, we didn't have a chance to play in the 92. Why do you think it happened, buddy, that, that basketball developed 
so well, and you guys specifically all developed into such great players um, from from your region, from Yugoslavia. Well, I think we had a good good system of basketball. Where uh, uh, from early age, uh, we 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 went through the different camps and uh, worked with the, the coaches that really cares about basketball and the kids. And uh, in one point, you know, we had uh, the guy who finished BYU. Uh, talk about Kreshmi Chosic. He put all those guys together and uh, made a national team uh, with all those guys. I think it was a uh, love of basketball and uh, fun to, to, to spend time together. Vladi, on a, I don't know that a lot of people that are listening to this now can appreciate how great a player, you know, not only a lot of those guys you mentioned on that team were, but Drazen specifically. Give, give our listeners, I mean, give us a give us a an understanding of just how much he was adored internationally. Well, you, you can exactly see in the movie what he did and how was transition was in the NBA. I mean, before he joined the NBA, he was averaging fifty, sixty points back in Europe, and he was. Uh, I, I truly believe he's the best player ever that came from from Europe, mm-hmm. and. Uh, First couple of years, he struggled on Portland Trailblazers because they had so many players on his position. But when he moved to New Jersey Nets, he started, you know, doing same stuff that he did in, in Europe, averaging 30 points per game. And uh, he was a very competitive guy uh, with, uh, with a great, great work ethic. Do, do you think, I mean, obviously we lost him way too early. What, what was the, where was his career taking him? I mean, was he going to be a, a, you know, perennial all-star after that or oh there's no question about it i mean he uh, i think he he deserved to be all-star that year year before yeah. he died you know when he i think he averaged like 25 26 points per game he was a leader uh, uh in three point shooting uh and uh he was on the verge to be you know a deep player on on the nets uh, that uh, made the playoffs that year yeah Vladi, you 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 retrace so many steps throughout the film. I mean, all the way back to being a teenager and, and younger. What was the toughest part for you going back and, and looking at all the things that have gone on in your life up to this point? Well, the toughest period definitely that the uh, early 90s when the, the Civil War started back home. I mean, uh, uh, watching news and uh, losing, you know, friends uh, just because – you are you are from the other side, and and that was that was hard for me to understand. Uh, I believe that we are all same, and uh, and uh, you got bad people and good people. You can't you know just point fingers on one side or other side. It's fault. We it's it's everybody's fault. What happened back home? When you were playing in the NBA, you know a lot of that stuff was happening back home, as you as you said. And uh, were you able to follow it? I mean, how did you kind of? keep in touch with what was going on back there? Because that was before emails or, or, you know, cell phones, really. Well, I, w- I was on the phone a lot with, with my parents and friends. Obviously, I watched news, but you can't rely on news. You have, you know, yeah. depends, you know, which side is sending it. You know, it's a lot of man- manipulations. But, you know, I kept uh, um, contact with on, on a phone, and uh, it, w- it was very hard. You know, I think, you know, my couple years, I mean, couple of, uh, hours, during the day on on the floor for basketball, it was a peaceful time for me. And uh, 
believe it or not, that was my best years of my career that I played during that period. Right. I'm curious, you've done so much throughout your career and now looking back at it, how do you how do you split your time these days? Like what where do you do now in terms of keeping keeping your roots back home and then being here in the states and doing all the things you do? Well, I'm now president of the Olympic Committee of Serbia, and uh, I'm trying to help our athletes to prepare for uh, London Olympics 2012. Obviously, when I finished my career with the Lakers, I, I stayed one year working for the Lakers uh, as a uh, European scout. Then a couple of years later, I went to uh, be a, a basketball director on Real Madrid uh, team in, uh, in Spain. So I just try to keep, you know, being active in sports. I think, you know, that's all my life I did. Um, uh, 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 I had connection with the sports, so it's something that is familiar with me. Fly, we, we were talking earlier about um, the Barcelona-Lakers game that happened uh, last week, uh, the exhibition game. What's, you know, you've been so involved with European basketball. If a, if a top-level team like yeah. Barcelona or, 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 you know, one of, one of the teams from Europe, came to the NBA, how do you think they would fare over a season or, uh, you know, in the playoffs? How, how do you think they would do? You mean you mean for this this next next year or sure. a year before? No, you, you know, just currently, well, yeah. like in, the, in this era. Well, I think, you know, the, uh, if, we, if we talk about, you know, European basketball, the, it, it's the gap between NBA and, and European basketball is much closer now than like 10, 15 years ago. Right. And uh, when I'm talking about the, the Lakers, you know, are, you know, the best team right now in the last few years, they won the championship. And I think, you know, they have best best chance to, to 3 this year, even though that everybody talks about Miami Heat and uh, uh, all those guys uh, together. But sometimes you need time to to get used to it uh, and play together. Uh, I think Miami is going to have a tough year. Vladi, mm. do you think uh, do you think we'll ever see a time again where there's a, an international team of of that many? Stars and I, and I'm bringing it back to the to the team you played on with Drazen and Tony and those other guys. Did, will we ever see an international team with that many, with eight, nine, ten star players, guys that 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 can play at a superstar level at one time or another in their careers? Uh, it's it's possible. I think it's hard because uh, a, a lot of those guys from Europe are coming to NBA very early. You know, I think they should stay there. Till they are 20, 22, you know, and uh, get experience, get strong, and get ready for for NBA. A lot of them coming uh, too soon, and they're sitting on a bench, but with not uh, 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 they don't have opportunity to play. Also, with uh, schedule, it's so 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 busy, you know, that a lot of guys don't play anymore for national team, which is uh, not good, I think, you know, for uh, popularity of sports. You were in your late twenties when you came to the to the NBA. Uh, do you think that was part like why you were able to be successful relatively quickly? Well, I was in my early twenties. You know, oh, I was twenty one. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, uh, mentally I was ready. You know, I already uh, did what I did in Europe. You know, I I was a couple times best player of the Euro League and. Uh, uh, for me to improve my game, I, I saw opportunity to go somewhere where is competition on a high level. 
So I, I think the timing was for me perfect, you know. Uh, so that's why I'm talking now about those kids that's coming when they are 18 and 19. They're not. They're not ready. Right. Vladi, uh, uh, another thing that, that struck me in the movie, at at the end you had a chance to reunite with Drazen's mother and his brother and and visit his grave. How important was that to to have that closure on on the entire relationship by getting to see them again and, and sit down and talk with them like that? Well, it was very important because all those years I was blaming uh, Drazen and I was blaming other guys that they didn't stood up, you know, and, and uh, kind of protect me like I was trying to protect them from, uh, you know, side to side, to side, you know, because the, the you know with the civil war. And, you know, I figure out, you know, you have your voice to say this is bad or this is, you know, not right. But from this distance and when you put all those things together in a movie, I got different perspective. You know, it was it was a scary time and uh, very dangerous. Well, Vladi, listen, we appreciate you so much. I mean, uh, we know you're busy in, in the movie Once Brothers is a part of the ESPN's 30 for 30 series that will be airing Tuesday, October 12th. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic story and a great watch. Uh, we hope everybody tunes in and continue. Good luck to you. Thanks, Vlade. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Lang, NBA Entertainment produced this thing, and I'm telling you, I had I watched it once. I, I still have the DVD. I'm going to watch it again. Um, but this, to me, is one of those things where we're always clamoring for, you know, you want more of a story. You want you, yeah. know, you want something beyond basketball. This is one of those stories that beyond the basketball, which was outrageous, by the way, which was right. just – I mean, if you see some of the clips of the Yugoslavian team playing in the world championships and some of their competitions, you know, and they were they were beyond, you know, like we watch these international teams now. And you remember how good Argentina was – Mm-hmm. When Ginobili and those guys were playing, I think 2002, they played in the World Championships in India, and they were great. And uh, and some of these other European teams, these guys were like the, they were the equivalent of the Showtime for for Europe, you know, in terms of just the flashy passes. You know, Kukoc was young and and spry. I mean, he was jumping out of the gym. Vladi was all over the place. Dino, you know, Dino Raj. I mean, they had it going. And and Drazen Petrovic was the kind of the ringleader of this whole thing. Um, I think you know, and I, I think this being on um, the thirty for thirty this week and and everything, it's going to be. It's really besides the story of Vlade and Petrovic. I think just to a lot of kids, they don't they don't remember Petrovic really at all. You know, um, and and I, I think it's going to really open a lot of eyes to to how good they were back then and how good. Uh, European players were at a time where people weren't really that aware uh, of how good the basketball was. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, too. We talked, you know, we talked previously with uh, Nathaniel Friedman of uh, a.k.a. Bethlehem Shoals and Free Darko. We talked with him about the NBA's golden era. I don't think it's any coincidence that Sabonis, you know, Vladi, Petrovic, Kukoc, some of the guys who most people would tell you prior to Dirk Nowitzki, you know, and I guess Paul Gasol now, those were the names that if somebody asked you who was the, you know, arguably the greatest international, you know, European player yeah. of all time, those names are the ones that would come up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Vladi maybe doesn't 
he doesn't get as much of that talk as some other guys. But if you look back at his career, like even after he got traded, even after the Lakers moved him for Kobe Bryant, he played like another decade in the league. Yeah, he played. He a long played time. on some great teams in Sacramento. Yeah, um, and I, I always appreciated him just for his ability to to do so many things. He was such a good passer for a big guy, and um, you know, but he was big. He could guard big guys in the post too. And uh, uh, I, I always thought he was really underrated. And, and on those Sacramento teams, he was such a good fit. You know, you remember <laughs> it was just how well they all played together yeah. and everything. Like that, they were so much fun to watch. Well, they were. I mean, everybody. I think it was pretty well thought that they were the best passing team in the league when they when they had that crew out there with Weber and 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 Vladi and Mike Bibby. You know, a young, slender, trim Mike Bibby and all. You know, and it was it was fun basketball to watch. Um, you know, and and he he kind of. I heard him kind of stop when you said, you know, you were in your late 20s. <laughs> that's why I was so, He just looked like he, I mean, I saw, on the movie, you look at him, he was 18, and he looked like he was in his late 20s. That's Absolutely. Writer, he looked like a grown man. Yeah. When he, I mean, he must have started growing that beard when he was like nine. Yeah, yeah, 5 o'clock shadow when he was like third grade. So, yeah. I mean, but I, I just, it's funny to me. I don't think, and to this, the Hangtime podcast this week has turned into kind of these history lessons about, you know, about several things, basketball and Certainly, Drazen Petrovic and, and Vladi Divac on the NBA Entertainment produced Once Brothers as a part of the ESPN 30 for 30 series. It's all, to me, this it kind of brings full circle a lot of the things we you know you watch and observe about basketball. That the stories are, are really as unique as as Vladi and Drazen Petrovic's situation is. This the story's unique. That basketball, a lot of times, the guys who play it at a high level, it's born out of some sort of sense that this is my only way to express myself or this is my only, you know, avenue to really, you know, reach whatever potential or whatever heights I want to reach. And I think that's what always inspires a, a next generation of guys who play this game. Definitely. I, I definitely agree. And, you know, I think it's good. We've spent this time talking about the past because I think by next week. <laughs> yeah, next week it's going to be time for the regular season to get rolling. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, listen, Lang Whitaker. Slam Magazine's executive editor. Uh, glad you could join us. I know it's not Skype. I know you don't have your new, usual, you know, uh, stellar voice module working there like you're doing <laughs> at the at the Dome. But we appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, next week, we'll, we promise we're turning the page and looking at you know the 2010-2011 NBA season. But this week, I, I I have to admit I enjoyed the history lessons. Uh, it was great. All right. Well, Michael Hart. The super producer behind the glass with Chrissy Kraft pushing all the buttons. The Hangtime Podcast once again. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. Be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And for more of Lang, visit SlamOnline.com. You can follow Seku and Lang on Twitter at SekuSmithNBA and Lang Whitaker. The Smyrna Spartans have yet to get on Twitter, but we'll let you know when they do.